0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Shots rang out when off duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger found Botham Jean in her apartment. Except, it wasn't her apartment defense attorneys would call it a tragic accident while prosecutors claimed the shooting was murder i'm vinnie politan on this week's court tv podcast we take you in for a closer look at this case that sparked outrage across the country with an episode of our original series judgment with ashley banfield from the crime itself to the dramatic acts of forgiveness at the end of this compelling trial this is judgment of amber geiger this is the court tv podcast inside
1: my apartment. Just put the key into the keyhole. It's pushing the door open. When I saw the silhouette standing back there, I yelled at him. It's like, Let, "Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands."
2: Coming home from work on September 6, 2018, off duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger, still in uniform, entered apartment number 1478 of the Southside Flats, thinking it was her home. Unbeknownst to her, she'd gotten off the elevator on the fourth floor, but her apartment was on the third. In a matter of seconds, she was firing her service weapon at the man she encountered inside. Botham Jean was the legal resident of the apartment. He'd been sitting on his couch eating ice cream. But this story is much bigger than Amber Geiger and Botham Jean.
3: I woke up the morning of Friday, the September 7th, and hear the news. Amber Geiger walks into the wrong apartment, shoots the occupant of the apartment. He's a Dallas police officer.
4: Amber Geiger, she was in in deep trouble uh, from the atmosphere that was already uh, catching fire in Dallas. No justice! No peace! Just a mile from City Hall, (laughs) shots ring out. The Dallas police chief calling it an ambush against law enforcement. Ferguson is kind
3: of that delineation point where things change nationally as far as the microscope that officers were put under and the microscope that every
5: officer involved shooting is put under. As you can imagine, uh, Amber Geiger being a white lady, and Bolton being a black male,
4: race got involved in it immediately. This case soon became the focal point of all these controversial police officer shootings. And it wasn't like those shootings, but that didn't seem to matter. Once it caught fire, that's all the media talked about.
6: Effective immediately, uh, Amber Geiger is no longer with the Dallas Police Department. Uh, that uh, decision and hearing was held this morning.
3: I knew Amber. We had uh, represented her in her 2017 shooting that all parties agreed were justified.
4: Amber Geiger's a good person who'd led a good life, and. And you had these two good people that were thrown together, and then this tragic thing happened.
1: This is Bothham Shamshan. By all accounts, Bo was a wonderful, decent, kind man.
5: Amber Geiger saw a black male, and she reacted. She overreacted in this situation because there's an underlying fear uh, out in, in the community, and You know, it's something that people are afraid to discuss. But it has to be
1: discussed. The evidence is going to show you that he was sitting in his living room in shorts and a t-shirt, watching TV, eating a bowl of vanilla ice cream. When all of a sudden, Amber Guy comes through his front door, uninvited, the light from the hallway must have flooded his apartment. The noise from the door must have scared him to death. Bo is trying to get up off the couch to find out what this intruder is doing coming into his home, she's leveling off her gun, having acquired her target, and she shoots at him twice. No opportunity for de-escalation, no opportunity for him to surrender. Bang, bang,
3: rapid, double tap. We quickly realized in this trial that we were gonna lose the emotional side of this no matter what. Our focus became the law and the facts. Amber Geiger firmly and reasonably believed that she was in her own apartment. Amber Geiger firmly and reasonably believed that she had confronted an intruder in her apartment. Amber Geiger firmly and reasonably believed that she had no choice, that she had no options but to use her gun to keep from dying. That was her firm and reasonable belief. As he falls to the ground, that's when she starts to realize, wait a minute, that's not my couch, that's not my coffee table, even though it's in the same position. And so then this
5: shock sets in and she realized what had happened. Mr. and Mrs. John, the one thing that they told myself, Benjamin and Lee, they said, I wanna find out what happened to my son. Because the narrative that they were given of both of them was not the truth. This young man lost his life for no reason whatsoever. So I was ready to to roll up my sleeves and do whatever it is that I had to do to to assist his family.
7: Everyone who came around me, I I was just, you know, trying to find out what happened. What happened?
0: I my stars,
2: was the shooting of Botham Jean a tragic mistake or was it murder? Amber Geiger's actions before she fired those shots and even after paramedics arrived would help the jury decide. It would all play out in court in the form of her 911 call and the body cam of the first officer on the scene.
1: To Southside Flats on the uh, signal 15 officer assist. I did. The Southside Flats is maybe two blocks away from Dallas Police Headquarters? Yes, sir. So you're going to have a pretty good response time unless something extraordinary has happened. Yes, that's correct. 430, start
0: CBR.
1: You believe
8: he's actually
1: physically alive at the moment in time you Yes, sir. And Amber Geiger, What was her demeanor like when
8: she got there? Uh,
5: she was upset. Very emotional.
3: You start uh, trying to identify who this person is. So we see you pull out his driver's license. Correct.
5: Yes, sir.
7: Both of them, He was quite an active child. He loved people, he loved to be around people.
6: He was a light because anytime he walks into a room, there's just so much energy and so much brightness, so much joy. Even though he was my younger brother, we were close. And we still spoke almost every single day up until his last day on Earth.
8: Growing up, I always looked to see him, you know, when he would come home for school. I. I always wanted to please him even more than my parents. I wanted to do what was right or cool to make him, you know, be proud or happy.
5: Both of them, um, he was very driven, a very determined young man. The president of Pricewaterhouse Cooper, talking about both them and, and the individual that, that he was and how both them had unlimited career potential. And every person we talked to at Pricewaterhouse Cooper, has something great to say about both of them.
6: He had just so much potential. He wanted to do so much. He wanted to change the world.
7: He was always very spiritual, always had advice to give you to look at the brighter side of things and to let you know that it's God at work.
3: The fact that not only was it truly someone that's just minding their own business, but that was a truly wonderful individual. By every account, he tried to do everything right. She took the the route that she always takes down the hallway. You walk along the hallway, there's no numbers at eye level, the lack of identifiers. It was reasonable that she walked to the wrong apartment.
8: I went to the wrong floor on a few
5: occasions. I just opened the door, right, didn't use my key or anything. As it turns
1: out, was walking into the second floor apartment.
2: I literally got to the door
3: that would have been my apartment and then I just happened to look up and was like, "Oh, this this isn't my apartment. I'm on the wrong floor."
1: This is a message from you. Correct? Yes. And this is a message to Amber Geiger.
5: Yes. We heard testimony that Amber Geiger was having a text exchange between herself and another police officer.
1: You sent a text message to Ms. Geiger, when can I come
5: over? Yes. That police officer who she was
4: texting was married. Any time you, you get a married man involved, well, obviously that makes it real spicy for the media and has potential to get jurors angry at the defendant, even further angry than, than they would under normal circumstances.
3: That was one of the flashpoints that we believe the district attorneys were going to try to use to get jurors not to like Amber. At
1: 2.54 p.m., you were sending her images, attachments. Is that correct? Yes. And that's going to be an instant message to uh, an application called Snapchat, is that right? Yes. Can you tell me if you can remember what those images were? No. Okay. do you remember if they were provocative images? I don't
5: remember, now. There was a period of time during the communication where he advised her that they weren't gonna to be together that evening. I think that upset her so very much.
7: I believe her rage caused her to be reckless.
1: And then in town she writes to
5: you, I is that correct? Yes. She pretty much just lost it. There is a reason why he went back into the cars. That's them that
1: carrying the dying body of them Jean right past the car. And what made you get in the car was them bringing the body down, and walking right past you, isn't that right?
2: Botham Jean suffered a fatal gunshot wound to the chest. Amber Geiger knew she had messed up big time. But she still had an opportunity to do right by Botham, as he lay there before her, bleeding on the floor of his own apartment. Geiger would now have to defend her actions immediately after the shots were fired.
1: Hey, copy, keep going, keep going, keep, going. keep, going. keep going. What was Mr. John's condition
3: when you first saw? Uh, pulseless and apneic, not breathing.
1: Once you got him to the ambulance, what happened at
3: that point? We continued CPR. Uh, we even intubated him.
5: You tried to look at the case from the perspective of an officer, a reasonable officer. But in this case, it was so much that was done wrong.
1: Uh, what is Amber Geiger doing? Um, it appears she's
5: on a phone. Amber Geiger and another police officer, they had been texting with each other throughout the day. There was very little aid that Amber Geiger gave to both of them.
1: What is your job if you're the only one there to render right? Should you be giving 100% of your attention to the person who's dying in front of you,
5: if you can? Yes, you should.
1: Should you be sending text messages? No. Your in-car video system was running because it had been running the entire time? Correct. So it would have continued to have run, but for the fact that you turned it off? Correct. Another sergeant in some way communicated to you to turn off that in-car video. Correct. I want you to pretend for the moment person just sitting in your car is not a Dallas police officer. Would you have turned off the in-car video system? No, sir. Would you have allowed that to run for evidentiary
6: reasons? Yes, sir.
1: Did his condition approve at any time during transport? No, sir. Did Mr. Jean ever show any signs of consciousness or responsiveness? No, sir. On the evening
7: of September 6th, I just had this strong feeling it was 10 o'clock when I looked at my watch and I said, but both of them didn't call.
6: It was around 12, 1229 AM. I heard, my phone rang and it was a 214 area code number. And I said, well, that's Texas, can be good. It was a social worker from hospital. And she said both of them was brought in to emergency with a gunshot wound. She said, I'm sorry to have to tell you he succumbed to his injuries. I said, I don't even understand what you're saying. And she said he was shot through his heart and he died. Alisa came to my room and she
7: said, I just got a call from Dallas that both of them were shot. I couldn't even understand what she was saying. I thought perhaps I was dreaming. I, I don't know. I, up to now, I, I cannot think that this is real. It still does not seem true.
9: The same having rested is the
4: defense for to proceed. Yes, Your Honor. This calls Amber
3: Geiger. Putting our client on the stand in a case like this, there's no getting around that. That's a no-brainer. The jurors are going to have to look the officer in the eye and assess their credibility and want to know, why did you take this man's life, this, this great man? I mean, Our client has to put them in her shoes so they can see you know, that she thought she was going into her apartment, the fear that she felt, what she experienced. And ultimately, they have to weigh whether she's credible or not.
4: I want to go through a few things that happened at that door. And I want you to step in. First of all, uh, when you were walking down that hall, I want you to show the jury how you carried this equipment, okay? You're good. You're welcome. All right. No, I'm coming. I
1: want to
7: stop with that. Please, it's hard. All right. The time when she
6: had the outburst in the courtroom, I was unmoved. She had this whole team around her that just always circled her, you know, like she's the victim. Why are they shielding her when she's the murderer? Let
1: me see your hands, let me see your hands. Did you hear any
6: commands or any loud voices you
2: gotcha. No, ma'am. It wasn't until Amber Geiger opened that door and drew her weapon that the facts of the case would begin to be challenged. Geiger's testimony as to what she did in those crucial seconds would play a vital role in determining her culpability in Botham's death.
4: As the uh, key goes into the, the keyhole, that's when you saw the door. Judge, Allen objects to leaving again. It's the same Did you see anything else or notice anything else uh, at that point in
1: time? I heard moving around
4: inside my apartment. What type of moving around?
6: A loud shuffling, someone walking. That made no sense. I know both of them. Both of them was lazy. If both of them was home, he would just be laying on the sofa, laying on his bed, or he he's not just standing there pacing back and forth.
1: I put the key into the, key to the lock, I see that it's cracked open. And at the same time, I'm hearing this moving around. But me putting that key, the key fob into the lock, it's pushing the door
7: open. She was so angry that she missed everything around her. She missed the absence of the planter that's on the third floor. She missed his red mat standing right in front of her. She missed the key fob, not turning green and being red. After Amber Geiger opened that door, Bofum must have tried to stand up to find out who was opening his door, and she shot him immediately.
4: As that door began to open, what were you looking for? What was going through your
1: mind? I Since I knew somebody was moving around inside my apartment, I wanted just to find that threat.
4: What we wanted to show was how this mistake could be made by any reasonable person and that her actions, uh, even though it was a mistake, were reasonable in those few seconds that she made that decision. When you saw that figure or silhouette of a figure at the back, did you do anything? Yes.
1: That's whenever I pulled my gun out. And I yelled at him, it's like, let me see your hands,
6: let me see your hands. Before the shots, did you hear any noise or any commotion? No. Did you hear any commands or any loud voices before you heard the gunshot? No, ma'am. Could you tell if one of the voices was giving loud commands, like stop police or anything of that nature? Yeah, but no, it
8: wasn't, that wasn't what they were saying.
6: That's not what you heard? No. He had his work computer up So he was working at home, he had his ice cream, he would not leave unattended. So there's no way both of them would just be standing there pacing back and forth. So that I already knew was a lie.
4: What did the figure do after you said, let me see your hands?
1: He started coming towards me.
4: Uh, How fast was he coming towards
1: you? A fast paced
4: walk. Wasn't running?
1: Wasn't running.
4: All right. When you saw him coming towards you, what was going through your mind?
1: I thought he was
4: coming at me. He couldn't see his hand. He was going to kill me. Did you hear anything as he was walking towards you? He, there was a
1: loud yell. He was yelling, hey, 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 in an aggressive
6: voice. There's no way both of them would charge towards a gun. Now, if they said he ran to his room or he ran to the balcony or he ducked, that would make sense. But there's no way he would charge towards a gun. I have
3: my gun pointed. And I'm saying, let me see your hands, let me see your hands.
4: What were you focused on? Him. Just him? Yes. And then he began coming for
6: you? Yes. I don't believe she gave him any verbal commands. She shot him, and she was blaming him for his death. And that just didn't sit right with me.
1: Sharon, I think this card over here? Hi, this is the officer.
2: Um, can I get Finding Vault? Yes, Finding Vault. I'm an officer, officer. I thought it was in my apartment. And I shot it by thinking that he was thinking it was my apartment. I thought it was my apartment. I thought it was my
5: apartment. That recording was leaked out to the media. The only purpose of leaking that recording out to the media was to sort of give some type of public sympathy for people to really think that she did not intend to take Bolton's life.
1: You said, I shot a man thinking he was in my apartment. I did say that. You said that, right? Yes, sir, I did say okay. that. And then you, for 19, 20, or 21 times over a period of five minutes, you kept on repeating, I thought it was my apartment, I thought it was my apartment. You did not express one time that he was armed. I did not. You didn't say one time that he put you in fear. I did not. Also, when officers Blair and Lee arrived, you met them in the hallway. Yes, I did. You also told them. I it was
6: my apartment. I, it
1: was my apartment. I... That you shot a person thinking that this person was in your apartment.
3: I did tell them that.
1: You didn't say one time, I thought he was armed, did you? I did not. You didn't say one time he was coming at me, did you? I did not. And he was still alive, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And if you really truly, in your heart of hearts, believed that he had had a weapon or that he was really a threat, you would have told them, listen, I haven't patted him down. I haven't searched him. And I think he might have a weapon. That's what you'd do for a fellow officer, wouldn't you? I couldn't. What I felt at that time is what I felt.
4: And you pulled your weapon out. And you fired? Why did you fire?
1: <laughs> so I was scared. I was scared. And I'm so sorry. I'm sorry.
3: That jury had to look at her and assess her credibility and decide for themselves about her demeanor. They saw Amber. She was emotional. She was raw. She apologized. She had remorse. You know, in my heart, I believe we should get an acquittal.
1: You know what a bullet can do, don't you? Yes, I do. You shot at him
2: twice. You intended to kill him. Amber Geiger got the opportunity to let the jury know just what she was feeling when she thought she was facing an intruder in her apartment. But now it was the prosecution's turn. Assistant District Attorney Jason Hermes would get his chance to grill Geiger about what her intent was when she aimed her gun at Botham Jean. you got a bunch of your friends around here,
1: isn't that right? Yes, sir. Those people aren't involved in the police investigation, are
5: they? No, sir. Amber Gagger at all times, was treated as a police officer. In fact, uh, she was able to walk around the scene, just as any other police officer would be allowed
1: to do. Those are your friends that have come here, right? I didn't ask them to come. That doesn't matter to me. They're there for your comfort, and you're taking advantage of it. No, sir. She was able to
5: walk around the crime scene. At the time that, that the shooting took place, it was no doubt in my mind that she was on duty when, when she took the life of both of them. So I, I think like, saying that she was an off-duty police officer sort of minimized the, the, the incident.
1: That's you talking, right? Yes, sir. You're not crying like you are today. You're asking her, should I keep this thing rolling? What are you talking about?
3: It's an in-car video.
1: Right. So you're, you're talking normally, and you say, should I keep this thing rolling? Yes, sir. OK, and, and Sergeant Valentine tells you, uh, yeah, keep it rolling, but just don't say anything, right? Yes, she does. Miss Geiger, were you trained to do CPR properly? Yes, we were. OK, were you at those classes? Yes, I was. Were you paying attention during those classes? Yes, I was. Did you properly perform CPR on
5: Mr. John? No, I did not. I think Amber Geiger was not a well-trained cop. I think uh, the the trial really exposed the lack of training that Amber Geiger had. Had she been properly trained, had she been in the right state of mind, both of them would be alive today.
1: Inside your backpack, which you took all the way into apartment 1478, right? Yes, sir. And do you recall that this backpack and your heavy vest and your lunch pail was put down next to Mr. John? Yes, sir. Inside this backpack, you've got something called combat gauze. Is there a reason why you didn't use this stuff right here, which is designed to control traumatic bleeding? It never crossed my mind. It didn't even cross your mind? No, sir. Even though he's bleeding in front of you, no. And this is inches from you. It did not cross It never me. crossed your mind to use this? No, sir. you show me on my chest again for the jury approximately where the entrance wound is? Although the entrance was here, does the dowel rod as I have it situated on my body indicate kind of the pathway through the body, although the jury would have to position it here where my heart is? Correct. Is it fair to say that the bullet is going to be coming from the other end of this dowel rod? Wherever the, the body may have been positioned, or if the person had been sitting down, or even if the person had been laying on his back, the bullet is going to be coming in the direction that the dowel rod indicates through the path of the body, is that right? That's correct.
7: Based on the trajectory of the bullets. I believe when Bofam was getting up from his sofa to find out what's happening at his door, she shot him.
1: You have a one handed shooting position, correct? Yes. All right. Mr. Zahn is a good four inches taller than me. In order for that bullet to have gone into him at that angle, he must have been bent over something like this, right? I don't know what he was. If you saw the trajectory that the medical examiner testified to, do you have any reason to think that the medical examiner is lying? I don't.
8: I do not think that he was a threat at all to her. I think he was shot defenseless. I don't think he was even looking directly at her. It could happen in a number of ways. Uh, Mr. Hermes talked
4: about a couple. Uh, if an if a individual were facing a person, if walking up towards a person uh, and saw a firearm, if they ducked and the person shot at him, that could cause that type of deal, as long as it's that relation? If you're flexed forward like that, yes. Okay.
5: You have to ask yourself, what are we doing about de-escalation? Do we have to shoot someone? Is it totally necessary? And the answer is no. I think it all boils down to the training. Uh, I think there needs to be more training, and that's what we have argued throughout this entire process.
1: When you shot Mr. John, you knew you were using deadly force against him. Yes. You know what a bullet can do, don't
7: you? Yes, I do. And when you shot at him twice, you intended to kill him. Yes, sir. A, a, A calmness just came over me at that point because I said, okay, if I know what murder is, and if the jury got the same definition of murder, then my lady, you have just described what murder is.
1: When you aimed and pulled the trigger at Mr. Jean, shooting him in center mass exactly where you are trained, you intended to kill Mr. Jean?
5: I did. Was that moment when she was asked the question, did you intend to kill both of them? And she unequivocally said, yes. I knew at that time that they had met the element for, for murder.
6: Jason Hermes really earned his salary, his year salary, in that just one moment.
4: On you know, cross-examination, uh, the prosecution asked, you know, if, if she intentionally intended to to uh, kill Botham John, and she answered honestly, yes. Uh, now, as a defense attorney, obviously going over it, you always want your client to say, and wanted Amber to say, wanted to stop the threat. But in the end, I mean, that's where she was cornered to, to say. And if she had said otherwise, if I were the prosecution, I would have really tore her up. The jury
9: having reached a verdict, Ms. Geiger and your team, would you please stand?
8: And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but
2: on October 1st, 2019, Amber Geiger would either walk out of the courthouse a free woman or she'd soon be sent to prison for somewhere between five and 99 years. Each side had one more chance to convince the jury with closing arguments.
4: We knew it was a very uphill battle to get a not guilty in this case from a Dallas jury. You, as jurors, heard pretty- it. Grew up, I'm sure, in school, what Beyond Reasonable Doubt is. It is the highest burden under our law. That burden is on them, and it never shifts. The defense has no burden to prove. And when self-defense is raised under the law, the state of Texas must prove beyond reasonable doubt the defendant wasn't acting in self-defense. That's the law.
3: The lawyer part of me is saying, okay, we, we tried a good case. Uh, we showed the jurors... An insurmountable amount of evidence about how she could have made this mistake in that apartment complex. I was hopeful, nervous. The state, what did they bring you? Sexting and speculation. Everything that they have done has been to try to distract you and trick you from looking at the law in this case because they know, they know that if you apply it correctly, that Amber Geiger is not guilty. In Dallas County, it was going to be hard for them to vote for an acquittal, but I believe that based on the charge and the way we tried the case, that we had a good chance. I never want anybody to ever have to go through or even imagine going through what I felt that night. That was one of the very last things the defendant said when she was on the stand. Are you kidding That is garbage. Most of what she said was garbage. 99% of this trial has been about the
1: defendant. So let's take one minute, one minute to talk about the Killing this man was unnecessary and it was unreasonable. It was unreasonable from start to finish. She had options outside that door when she had no danger, options that didn't involve any violence to anybody, she didn't want to use it because she wanted to engage him. And everything after that was just a mere formality.
4: Botham John was a wonderful, wonderful human being. And it's much harder to find someone not guilty of using self-defense when your victim is, is a saint, which he was.
1: On September the 6th, 2018, here in our community of Dallas County, Texas, this defendant shot with her firearm, Lotham John, killing him. And by her own admission on the 911 call and in this courtroom, it was her intent at the moment she shot to kill him. Those are the elements of murder, proven beyond a reasonable doubt.
6: When the trial, got to the point where the jury had to leave the room to go deliberate. It weighed heavy on me. Every
7: day that I prayed, until I heard that verdict, it was to ask God for her to be convicted of murder, because both of them deserve nothing less. The jury having reached
9: the verdict, Miss Geiger and your team, would you please stand? We the jury unanimously find the defendant, Amber Geiger, guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. No outburst.
7: They found the judge read the verdict so quickly that it kinda took me by surprise that it was really what I had prayed for. I just thanked God that he had answered
8: my prayer. It was a really emotional feeling. I felt like we'd won, you know, um, we felt strong.
6: I mean, everybody started to celebrate and everything. At the end of it all, all I wanted was just my brother back. There's a wide range of punishment for murder here in the state of Texas, five to 99 years or life. Some of you may say, this isn't a life case. Some of you say, this isn't a minimum case. And don't let the defense get up here and disrespect you by telling you that this case is deserving of a minimum punishment. This is not a five-year, 10-year, or 15-year case. And I'm confident that when you go back there to deliberate, you will assess a just inappropriate punishment.
3: They asked for the jurors to start at 28 years, I believe, and go up. I believe that was outrageous. Mr.
9: Rogers and Ms. Ms. Geiger, would you please stand? The jury having reached a verdict. I will now announce it.
7: I was asking God for a murder conviction, but I never asked God for the number of years.
9: We, the jury, find unanimously that the defendant did not cause the death of Botham John while under the immediate influence of sudden passion arising from an adequate cause and assess the defendant's punishment at 10 years imprisonment in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. In addition, we assess a fine of zero dollars.
7: So perhaps it was an error on my part because maybe I didn't ask him for
6: enough. After the sentencing, my mom was asked, Bertrand was asked, I was asked if I wanted to give a victim impact statement and we all declined.
7: When we got into the courtroom, Brandt said, I'm going. I had no idea what Brandt was going to say.
5: Brandt was holding so much in. So I would have probably taken any bets that Brandt was going to go up there and tell Amber Geiger
4: how she ruined his life. I told Amber, hey, he's He's a young kid. He may yell at you. I've seen people cuss it to defend it. He'll, he'll be angry.
6: When he got up to take this stand, I was trying to visualize a path to him, the quickest path to him, just in case he got angry on the stand. I could run up there and grab him.
8: I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time how much you've taken from us. I think you know that.
3: When he starts to speak, I can see his motivations and his purpose is different.
8: I hope you go to God if you truly are sorry. I know I can speak for myself. I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. I had to finally say it was about
5: Brandt. And at that point, you have to take the practice of law out of it. Uh, and you have to look at what's the well being uh, of your client.
8: He did that for himself. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. We we're taught to love everyone, you know, no matter the situation. Of course, it's a terrible act that she did. Beyond terrible, but um, she needed to know that I do not hate her, you know, for you know, taking away my brother. I personally want the best for you, and I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you.
6: I thought I was hearing wrong. I- <laughs> It kind of felt like the twilight zone.
8: That's exactly what Botham would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. You don't hear
3: that down at Frank Crowley Courthouse building often. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that young man and his courage. Someone actually reached out to him, personally epitomized the concepts of grace and forgiveness. I
7: believe that was Botham speaking through bread.
8: I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? I expected the judge to say a complete no when I asked for the hug. Please? Yes. Because I knew that doesn't happen in court, especially with someone who had just been, you know, sentenced for murder. I mean, honestly, I had to pinch
5: myself. I say, am I really in this courtroom? I mean, am I hearing Brent asking to hug Amber Geiger, the lady who
4: killed his hero. I'm sitting right next to Amber. When he asked to hug Amber, she's shaking her head, saying, yes, yes, yes.
3: And then the way it played out in the courtroom was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. At that point, I'm just holding back the tears. Uh, You know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not... uh, anything but just a person that's that's witnessing something amazing.
8: What she said to me was personal for her. I don't think people want their stuff out there. No matter if she would care or not, I felt like she would want me to keep that, you know, because in that moment, it was just between me and her.
5: There was probably not a dry eye in that courtroom for a moment Everybody was healed by what Brandt did. With all the
3: volatile emotions that were going on outside that courtroom, I think the way that that played out played a tremendous role in calming some of the emotions and calmed the city. And I give him a lot of credit for that.
8: An officer came up to me and he said, you know, we have snipers on the roof. We have our officers prepared for a riot. And that made me feel like, like, wow, like I did prevent something that could have escalated.
7: I'm praying to God that I forgive Amber Geiger. I have not gotten there yet. I believe the Bible says that for me to be forgiven, I have to forgive also. And so what Brandt did was commendable, and I'm trying to use Brandt's example for me to get to that space. I haven't gotten there yet.
2: We try to find light in the face of tragedy. In the case of Texas versus Geiger, we got to know who Botham Jean was and who his family is. A family guided by faith, love, and based on Brent Jean's singular act on the stand, inspiration. An unforgettable moment of grace and forgiveness. It's a moment that honors a legacy. The bright light that was Botham Jean. I'm Ashley Banfield. Thanks for joining
0: us. There you have it. Another one of the many compelling cases straight from the Court TV trial archives. If you want to see Amber Geiger's trial in full, it's available to stream for free on the Court TV website. Just check the show notes for a link. And to keep up with the biggest current true crime stories, be sure to tune into my show, Closing Arguments with Vinnie Politan, weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you all so much for downloading. And as always, please don't forget,